You guys, if you go to Primalware and you go to Rock and Roll, the first thing that comes up is a full, gr- full Grateful Dead Dark Star Men's Helix kit. It's like kind of a spacey tie dye Dark Star full kit. Three, $340. I want. This is great. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 295th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt. Um, physically in 2020, spiritually still in 2019 while my kid takes a dump and I'm screaming at the computer because Matthew Vanderpool just won Amstel Gold, you guys. I can't believe it. I'm screaming. I'm screaming. Woo! Uh, in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, little guy, you alluded to it a little bit. Cycling is... Non-existent pretty much right now, which uh, makes this podcast about cycling tricky. So I have one important question for both of you guys. Okay. How is your sourdough starter? I haven't done it, surprisingly, though I have made bread many times, but I didn't make starter. Kind of weird, right? You'd think I would be on that. And and Tim? I haven't made anything. Um, Not at all. What about you, Spencer? I saw you were making some tofu. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we've been exploring all kinds of uh, handy crafts around the house. Uh, made some soy milk, made some tofu. Not very hard. Nice. Um, I, no, they're not. That's pretty that's sweet. That's cool. I have to admit, my world has not changed at all. I've been watching nothing <laughs> but bike racing. I am all in on the sport because I have been on Zwift a ton. Oh, I see. More Zwifting, huh? Yep. Level, level eight. I got uh, Kevin Bichard, Bichard Hall hitting me up with uh, DMs about how to get even better at the world of Swift. Oh, yeah? But let's Some, get right to it, Something about gentlemen. a KitchenAid. The biggest... <laughs> I need a KitchenAid mixer. Yeah. But the biggest wor- na- uh, news in the world of cycling is that the Tour de France is rescheduled for... Uh, check the notes. August, September. <laughs> September which is right around the time the Vuelta is, but turns out the Vuelta is owned by ASO, so that's just not going to happen, and we're going to have Tour de France instead. Yeah, so that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> it's not happening. There's no it's way. It's not going to happen. It's true. It, 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 in, in a funny twist of fate, I guess it means that the Tour will actually get canceled, and then maybe the Giro and will happen, but more likely, the most likely one now is just the Vuelta to happen this year. So the Vuelta gets revenge, I guess? What I am most disappointed on with this announcement of what the new UCI calendar is for the world tour is that they are going to host a world championships, which means Mads Peterson's totally gets screwed out of wearing the world championship kit through the entire season. Yeah. Are you even remotely surprised that the, the UCI would find a way to squeeze its cash cow in and push out um, <laughs> the races that, <laughs> make make racing what it is more than the world championship not at all 
Yeah. All right. Well, that's disappointment corner. Um, <laughs> now we're through all the racing so, news. Well, wait, no, what's, what do you guys think? What's the odds the tour happens? I say 20%. Tour. 20? That's optimistic. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think. Okay, you think that's optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. I give it a, maybe a 5% chance of happening. Um, what I'm most curious about is all the rumors swirling are that all these races are basically going to happen. The Paris-Roubaix is going to happen. The Flanders is going to happen. The Milan San Remo is going to happen. And it's all going to happen in September, October. Can we really condense a 10-month road cycling season down into two months? I sure hope so, because it would free up my weekends a ton. <laughs> oh, my God. I but, don't I don't know if I can physically handle it. It's going to be so much bike racing coming so thick and fast. Right. Um, and, and how does like, that how does that change the dynamic like if Philip Gilbert needs to win a Milan San Remo does he skip the Flanders and the Roubaix and everything else the two weeks in advance and just come in real hot because well, there's definitely well, going to be a reduced field September's yeah. also really really hot <laughs> in Europe right well, like will they still be summer. in will they still be in order so like will Milan no San Remo still be first like that's be the weirdest thing if like what if Flanders before Milan San Remo, but then right. maybe they still run Lombardy at the same time. So Lombardy's like, I it's it boggles so the mind. The only way that this all happens is as like a uniting force of the world against the sickness coronavirus, right? Like this is the this is like baseball after nine eleven. Like we're all here as a national pastime let's all get it done but i still don't see how this is gonna pop off considering the logistic nightmare of right all these riders next to each other i mean it's and, well, maybe reduced teams maybe finally we get the five member teams that we've always wanted i mean all maybe. of that is 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 obvious yes but even just the scheduling is crazy like it doesn't make like you can't fit all these one day races. We'll have one day. We'll have Milan San Remo overlapping with the Tour de France or the Giro or something else. It, no, it, I don't think they yeah. can all fit. It'd be I don't know. If there's any way to do it. You know that the UCI president just walked over to some lower <laughs> functionary's desk and just sort of threw a big pile on their desk. Was like, I just need a UCI schedule by uh, five o'clock uh, tonight, and sort of ran away. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, it is. It is an amazing time to be alive. I can't wait to see the tour. Does this change who you guys think is going to win, and how will it not be Primoz Roglic? Um, I think this actually gives Froome, oh yeah, like a much oh. better shot. This I actually forgot about him swings it in the Froome's favor because I I thought no chance, but um. So has anybody checked the message boards? Is this a conspiracy theory of when Froome's crashes himself into the uh, the wall in the mm-hmm. descent? Like it was all played out that he also at that time spread the coronavirus to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. delay the start so that he could come back fully. Has uh, that been... I have to assume that's the case. There was all those pictures on I don't know, cycling news, something of his uh, his pain cave, his fully fitted pain cave. Yeah, mm-hmm. that re- it said it was recently built. Recently built. Who built it? Huh? And uh-huh. Masons. When? That's yeah. who. I are we at all disturbed by the amount of? People that are now riding Zwift and Be Cool and, and online racing, it, it kind of seems to be uh, taking over. Like 
like it is a very it's its own uh pandemic within the cycling world alone, <laughs> right like the amount of people now uh, on trainers it is that sagan's fighting back and he's the coolest man in cycling so so what is what has sagan been up to on this i guess How's he's he the trainer he, he just had some quote of saying he wasn't he wasn't a virtual cyclist he's not gonna race I did see a video of Sagan. Now I know in cycling we are very like particular when it comes to looking at the form and the fitness of all of our favorite riders. I will say, looking at the video of Peter Sagan, either A, he needs to change the angle of his camera, or he is looking a little Jan Ulrich pre uh, 2003 uh, tour mm-hmm. eating the ice cream. Yeah. But when, really, I think Sagan, he knows there's no racing this year. Yeah. yeah. Take a couple months, enjoy yourself, and then and start hitting it late summer when the when the ban like when he can go outside again. Then start training. All these other dudes are going to be burnt out. Won't even want to train when they can go outside. No, that is a very very good point. So it did come to our attention. We had a couple of people hit us up, little guy and Spencer across the way, and it should be said that uh, it was P. Cochran on Twitter that asked us. Actually, probably the greatest conversation we've had come across on Twitter, and it was all about what is the greatest pro tour bike of all time. Now, Spencer, you've contributed. I've contributed a little guy. Um, I I have not seen any garbage takes from you. Oh, I did but- one. I think I just forgot to I forgot to put it in the thread because you know how I know how to work this stuff. So. But pastry weight does hit us and says the best looking pro bike pro tour bike of all time is the Rabobank Giant. Yeah. It was a mostly white, blue, orange. Is that on our Mount Rushmore of Pro Tour bikes? So Uh, I had a big problem answering this because I assume that he means professional race bike, like that was used at the top level. I think we need to assume that we're talking about teams I, that could have been in the Tour de France. Their team yeah. bike matched with the livery. I was trying to narrow it down and be like, like I thought of some, and I was like, wait, wait, those are World Tour, not Pro Tour. Yeah, uh, no, 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 like no. I, which which era am I thinking? But in the I end, think you put them together. I think you put yeah. Pro Tour and World Tour together. In the end, yeah, I think that top, is the best way to do level. it. Yeah. Um, top level race so, bikes. Um, I'm happy with my choice and it's obviously the George Washington on the, on the, um, Mount Rushmore here of, of pro level bikes. So now Spencer, what was your choice for our listeners abroad? Cause we have listeners all over the world. I have soon learned because the amount of emails we got our first email ever from Stockholm, Sweden. Now we've had Norway and we've had Finland. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect Sweden to have a listener of the podcast. So <laughs> what bike are you claiming to be George Washington, the ah. least most important on Mount Rushmore? Um, that would be the quick step uh, time uh, pro team that they were riding. Uh, I specifically posted a picture of Tom Boonin on the World Championship uh, livery version of it. Now, you might remember they were riding Campy at the time. This was uh, mm-hmm. just before the switch to the Big Red S. And uh, they, they were the most beautiful bikes in the most beautiful dominant team with the most beautiful man, Tom Boonin, riding no. him. It was perfection. Now, Spencer, I, is this a sort of like you can't enter a contest that you have a family member involved with? Because I believe you <laughs> had that bike, basically. You had yeah. that era time. And I don't I know if that, do. <laughs> if that makes you 
you know, not able to compete and to vote for it if it's too yeah. close to home. Well, so, look, I don't, I don't think we're here to say that it can't be on Mount Rushmore, but. I, it's definitely a good-looking bike. It is good-looking. I bike. might be biased. I do have. Yeah, you're biased. I do have a bike frame still from the era that I ride, and I mm-hmm. did work there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I definitely have a bias, but it is the most beautiful bike of all time. So Spencer's coming in with the time. We had a couple of other, you know, I think to bear mention, we had uh, Doug from the Gravel Lot hit us up with the Fonderis Team Z, Greg Lamont. Yeah, uh, bike with the the sweet fade. This is you know well, we're pretty pretty sweet with the the split uh, seat stays. Um, my my entry into this was the mm-hmm. Bianchi team frame that Ulrich rode to perfection or near perfection, except when he crashed <laughs> in the time trial. Yeah, because the way it matched with the 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 whole team kit was great. Um, probably the best tweet that we got at all was from. A uh, friend of the pod, Sam Whitley, who's just like Joseba Baloki, has entered the chat, and it was a picture of the giant. Mm-hmm. And what was great about that giant is, you know, clearly it's just the one size fits all TCR <laughs> with just the really, really <laughs> long stem. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, we have the Seiko six thirteen, which is the start of the conversation. Um, yeah, I, come up. I stand so, by that. So, little guy, anything else that you bring, David? Uh, Mister David Palin has the look frame. From back in the day, uh, I mean, I, the look era. the look is really good. Obviously, so good. I stand by the six thirteen um, as a bike. I wanted to waste my coronavirus stimulus money on. I um, a big fan of the Finion uh, Raleigh back in the day in this Castorama days, specifically the model he rode in the ninety one tour in the mountains that had canties, even though it only had clearance for like a twenty one. Um, <laughs> I don't understand why they did that. But I love it. I think I've talked about this before. It's my favorite bike. We do have Jake Steckman hit us up with the the Seiko Cannondale with the full Spinergy wheel set of oh. uh, Cipollini fame. Now, what should be noted, that's two Cannondales that have an attempt to get onto the podium. We also have a Klein when they were doing the full beat out for uh, Gerald Steiner, which I did not exo- know existed. I didn't know Gerald Steiner existed as a team before they made it to the yeah. pro tour slash world tour. Tintin uh, rode one of those, man. Come on. Yeah. I forgot he's still racing, actually. Still, still racing. <laughs> That's how long he's been racing. A brand has completely died, disappeared, and then we have tried to resurrect it from the ashes, and he is still racing. I will say that the only thing that strikes me about this whole list, gentlemen, is that nothing in the last two or three years even begs mention of what we've seen. The only thing that comes across that I think is a good looking bike is probably the factor frames that were on AG2R for the one year that they had that sponsorship. After that, I don't really know of anything that's like really striking my fancy. Like interesting. I'm not a fan of the Pinarellos. What about the canyons when Movistar was on the canyons the last yeah. few years? I gotta say they're good looking. They're good looking. So? With the camp. I think one of the problems is this is it's hard to think of a bike without thinking of the group set. And so yeah, I the Rabobank one is hard for me because you end up with um, that era Durace cables in the wind, but it's easy to think of the Seiko and 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 other brands that were running Campy at the time. You know, yeah, like I the Mape uh, Colnagos were beautiful, but they were always on DA, and it it distracts a little bit for me. If they had been <laughs> on Campy at that point, seal, deal is sealed. Like especially the two down tube ones. 
Ooh, so ooh, ooh. I got a new one. I got a new one. I'm sorry, sir. I got a new one. Okay. All right. Uh, was like Gee Swiss or Geewiss or whatever when they when they went one two three in Amstel and they were on the uh, the Derosas. They were on the Titanium Derosas with Campy. They were on Shamals. They were on so much EPO. <laughs> and they went one two three with uh, Berzine and Furlone and I don't know what the hell. Anyway, wow, a beautiful image. I, yeah. yeah. It's all right, little guy. It's still not where it's at. Um, the other big <laughs> Twitter news that we did get is uh, one of my favorite. Like I said it basically, guys. Steve Knievel. probably the greatest Photoshop I have seen. That really got my. Um, I guess I got I got me got me through the last half of the week. Was the picture of the Canyon, uh, the new and improved Canyon gravel bar, which is now a fourplex to his mm-hmm. uh, Photoshop. I don't know if you guys saw this photo, but very unique. And it got to me really thinking like how close to a reality this could be that you actually have a handlebar that has four different mounting um, positions across, <laughs> across it and the amount of speedometers and lights that you could really host onto this thing. Did you guys have a chance to see this great uh, piece of art? Oh, yeah. Come across. Oh, yeah. Now, yes. you asked me how real or how close to reality is this. I think I think it's close enough that someone at Canyon had to make a phone call and someone got fired for leaking photograph. And nobody knows, nobody can, Canyon's still freaking out because they don't know how this got released, how someone actually had it on the bike already um, to be photographed. Yeah. They... Yeah, the the conspiracies are are boiling over there. Um, that's that's how close I think we are. So another thing I did want to bring up to you guys is that I um I got on Zwift, and I know that's what we're gonna have to talk about here because there really isn't any real riding. But I was on Zwift, and I decided to do a group ride where they have like these events. You go on a group ride, and there's like 150 people on this group ride. And in the description of the group ride, it's like, all right, no one go faster than like 250 watts, you know, like, or three watts per kilogram or whatever the measurement was. And I'm out there riding in this group. And you know how like people are chatting? Like it was as close to a real life group ride I've ever been on because people were complaining about people going off the front. People were complaining <laughs> about people going too fast. Uh-huh. Um, people were complaining about, uh, you know, just random things. And it was. It made me feel like I was actually on the road. Um, now, little guy, I know you're not on Zwift. Spencer, I know you are, but I would just say that when you're signed up for a Zwift group ride, there's going to be people that are complaining if you're off the front going a little bit too fast. And you're, it kind of makes you want to go off the front and be a little bit too fast, you know? Just like, oh, guys, come on, keep it back here. Like, just tone it down a little bit. I see. Okay. You want to be that guy on the internet. Well, I'm just saying that, like, it exists, right? Like, there's... The politics of a group ride still exist even here. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate the that. There's there's some sort of uh, a romance about that that I that mm. I appreciate. Now, it is not a twelve hour Zwift ride. It is not a you know whatever the heck our boy G Thomas is doing. No, no, how, that's how, impressive. How much no does one he should ride? do that? He did multiple twelve hour days. Was that how it yeah. worked? And he yeah. had like three hundred thousand dollars, right? That he's raised, yeah, which is awesome. Three hundred thousand pounds, which is awesome. Yeah, G. Thomas, really, 
the guy that should be winning the Tour de France in a couple months' time. Maybe. Maybe, Not maybe Chris this will be what puts him over the edge. It needs to be over the edge. Because, <laughs> like I like to say, every athlete wants to keep pushing for that extra kick, that extra percent, fraction of a percent, a little more of the mojo. But more is not always better. Longer does not mean faster. Faster does not mean stronger. And that is your weekly installment of The World According to G, Garen Thomas's amazing top 10 bestseller autobiography <laughs> guys what a great book we do rag on him but um is legitimately awesome that he 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 put in all that time on zwift to raise that much money for national health service or whatever for sure i would say that i like g thomas better than chris Froome. i'm gonna throw out there go out there and just throw it right now <sighs> shots Ooh. fired I'm, i got I'm nothing sure. to lose Chris is Chris is probably feeling pretty bad as he yeah, listens no. to this now. So, yeah, you know, if Chris Froome flew under or rode under the flag of Kenya, then maybe I would like him a little bit more. But it still really yeah. bugs me. Yeah. Well, it's going to really bug him as he sits on his balcony uh, in Monaco and looks <laughs> out across the Mediterranean. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, he's going to be like, "Oh, Tim doesn't like me anymore." Well, all right, so it's a bummer. Have you guys uh, gotten any more uh, riding in over your uh, your weeks coming up? I mean, I've been I've been moving along um, a little bit less of the cargo bike, a little bit more in the uh, the Strider land. Little guy like you, I have found a neighbor that has a Strider course set up of sweet jumps and ramps that my son loves going to. Have you uh, nice. been able to get any riding in in the weather turned there in Minnesota? It. It was kind of cold this last week. I will admit I have gone totally soft here in retirement, and I hid inside almost all week. But um, I did get out, did a couple hours on the cargo bike yesterday with with, with a little tomboon and tomboon. So that's all my riding has been that's cargo good. bike miles. So Now, now Spencer, I don't know <laughs> if you have been riding, but you have been designing a sweet avatar in the world of Zwift, which is by far the most important thing to do. Yeah, I uh I spent some time uh perfecting my look uh in Zwift because if I can't intimidate people with my watts, I want to at least be able to intimidate them, strike some fear with uh my good good style. Now, does your rider have a helmet? Yeah, uh, he does not. Which is okay. I know I I neither does my rider have a helmet? Because in the cycling utopia that Zwift is, is really what I want society to be is just an imaginary Island somewhere that just has <laughs> tens of thousands of people riding bikes. Uh-huh. If you're wearing a helmet in that situation, I really don't yeah. want to ride with you. So do you have a hat? Do you have the proper, the proper amount I, of luft? I haven't unlocked a hat on Zwift yet, so I don't. Um, but uh, I spent oh, a lot unlock of time. the hat. Nice. I spent a lot of time working on the backstory of this character and uh, trying to decide exactly uh, who he was before, you know, to really bring out my Zwift personality. And um, I think I think I settled on a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, final form. Um, now- <laughs> oh, Swift. It's going to get us through, but clearly Zwift has not done the trick, uh, Spencer, for uh, Rohan Dennis, who is back in the news again. I, At this point, I don't know if it's okay to even like talk about him or make fun of him because like clearly there's something going on with him, uh, yeah. right? 
like he just is he just weird i don't know but there's you know leaving the tour in such a dismal horrible fashion like he did last year to now just posting on instagram that quarantine can suck his you know whatever and then he like goes and rides his drives his porsche and then he deletes all of his social media accounts now we do have a photo of his car yeah little guy the internet sleuth what do you have for us I think it's a 964 Porsche, so I think that's the second or the you know, second to last uh, air-cooled. So it's a nice story. He made a nice decision. Um, fortunately, he's doing what he's doing with it. He's Are we Rohan surprised Dennis. that it was Rohan Dennis to be the first one to crack? Oh, n- not at all. I didn't even <laughs> think this was a thing we should have been having a wager on, but I guess. I mean, what's amazing is like he, he won the Zwift race for Ineos last week, right? So he's obviously been making the most of his his online training time and he's got the form. Yeah. I, I would have thought it would be it'd be like Sagan that would snap first, but he wouldn't be out driving. He'd be like he would just be out like doing weird things helping people. Like you just find Sagan working like making sandwiches for people or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, what a time to be alive this is the situation we're in and we're like i i just saw the the tweet from rohan dennis and my first hope was that it was photoshopped and then i went oh, to no. his like instagram and i was like oh, wait did he block us on instagram and i was like that's a very real possibility so then i actually <laughs> googled it and it was like rohan dennis deleted all social media accounts i'm like oh he in trouble <laughs> i mean how i just what is Ineos? They're not going to have any riders left. So, Are we shocked that he for. is now on Ineos? No, I mean, obviously. Right? Like, uh, I don't even know to start with him. I do kind of agree with you, Tim. I don't know. It does feel like something's something's a little off. Yeah. but No, certainly. I mean, we knew this after the tour last year, and he needed to seek some professional help, uh, and instead he signed for another team and just kind of <laughs> swept it under the I rug mean, and here it is boiling up again uh he's not on a bmc i'm sure that's part of the problem not <laughs> not the whole problem clearly yeah i i don't doubt that quarantine is terrible obviously i'm sitting here from the luxury of being able to go outside and sit, like i said i went for a bike ride yesterday um but you know i don't know yeah <laughs> Oh, wow. I don't know. I just don't know what to do. I mean, it's the thing. It's, I mean, yeah. Uh, hopefully he gets the help he needs. But he did crush it in the Zwift ride with Ineos, as you mentioned, which is, it takes a lot of mental fortitude. All these folks that are out there uh, oh. on on their, in their isolation, wherever they are, crushing the Zwift races. A lot of props to you because I got on the Zwift, Tim. I know you've been all over it. I got on for about 15 minutes. That's about all I lasted. And I tried to do a structured workout that they have. And, of course, we got to the first little sprint. It was like, oh, sprint to 600 and something watts. And I was like, oh, I bet I can do a 1,000. (laughs) (laughs) The whole, I mean... So I I did a uh, group ride. So we were on. We were I failed. On, we were on Discord, Spencer. Uh, uh, some old uh, bike shop customers. We we're mm-hmm. on Discord, and it was great. 
But I was like, that was the hardest hour I've ever had a bike ride. And then you're like looking up at your screen. You're like, I'm going five miles an hour. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, that can't be right. Um, so, yeah, nothing but respect. That's why, like, when Garen Thomas is doing the 13 hours or yeah. Tim Rugg is riding across the country, you know, virtual country, it's insane. Um, I will say that I, I, it's, it's weird that this is the topic of conversation on the podcast as we're talking about the Zwift world because you're talking about, like, oh, let's go ride in New York City. We're going to then go through Central Park. And then before you know it, you're on like a glass bridge that's going over the financial district. And you're like, wait a second. Like, I'm pretty sure there aren't flying cars in New York City nowadays, but it's like this weird gamified future world. Mm. Um, but is what it is. It, it could be worse. I guess it, it at least gets me out, but nothing can substitute for being out on the road um, where we, I think, all want to be, um, especially with some of the bikes out there. Um, I will say that post conversation of how to spend the twelve hundred dollars in stimulus money, I am definitely gotten the uh, the bug to probably purchase a Klein road bike. I'm kind of I think it's going to happen. But don't you you already own a Klein? I have ridden a Cl- this. I bike. have a Klein that's in Portland, Oregon that has not been shipped to me yet. The touring okay. Klein. You still haven't, but it's but I'm, pretty close to a road bike. Klein didn't really go in for. Believing it fully in touring bikes. But here's how I'm going to justify it is that I'm tired of taking <laughs> my moots on and off my trainer. I want to have uh-huh. a, a bike for the trainer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Did, what do you think? You think I have legs to justify that to my much better half? Yeah, I was going to say, who are you justifying this to? <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> to Sarah, no. Uh, to the other guy you see at the coffee shop who has a moots, he'll be like, I get it, dude. I get it. Yeah, it's kind of a tough, uh, tough ask, but. Well, guys, here we are. We have a slew of emails and uh, some good other conversation. So let's get to it. But first, let's check in with our Australian comments correspondent, Michael Matthews, see how he is hanging out in the great world down under as we get through this tumultuous time. This is Mitch Docker, and you're listening to Life in the Peloton, also the Slow Ride Podcast afterwards. All right, guys, here we are once again. We are brought to you by our great friends at Works with the HydroShop Power Cleaner. Head on over to yourcleanbike.com. Use the promo code GEARUP and save 15% on a whole slew of products from Works. But let's talk real quick about the HydroShot. It is the perfect power washer, water jet, gun, cannon thing that you can use on your bike because it is the perfect amount of PSI. I mean, when it comes down to it, you're not blowing out your bearings. You're cleaning your bike. It's looking good. Everything. And let's be honest. You have nothing but time on your hands right now to make your bikes the cleanest in the in your riding group for when you come back. And the mm-hmm. HydroShot Power Cleaner is going to be the one to do that. No. Yeah, you don't want to show up to that first post-quarantine group <laughs> ride with like, this dirty, nasty bike. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You'll be like, wow, really? Come on. And Tim, you were, you were just... Uh, uh, trying to figure out a way to justify a bike-related purchase to your significant other. And well, a bike is going to be tough to swing, but you know what's not going to be tough to swing? Hydroshot. Because <laughs> that is actually, uh, you, can, you can present that as, oh, I'm going to clean the garage door with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hose off the patio for when I put the trainer out there. And 
all kinds of things along those lines, home improvement situation. Um, and it's great for it. It, it does all that stuff great as well, but uh, it's perfect for your bike. And I'm going to say, I actually went to yorkleanbike.com last week and used the code gear up to purchase myself one of the Pegasus multifunction work tables, uh, oh, nice. which is super rad. Just showed up today. Amazing quality. It's going to be great for what I need it for, but uh, there's a lot more stuff uh, there at yourcleanbike.com than just the HydroShot. So if uh, you've already got one and you're looking for something else to uh, spend your $1,200 on, check out the other offerings. Bookmark that because we're going to talk about that after we get out of Premlap because I have a question about you about the Pegasus uh, work table. But we do want to talk real quick about our friends over at Grimper Brothers. Head to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more about the two great coffee blends that they've partnered with the Wide Angle Podium Network about. And the first one, of course, is the new viewer mail coming named after our good friends over at Bike Shop CX who are absolutely crushing it on Instagram right now. So check it out. And then we also have the Hello Cyclocross friends from um, Espresso Blend uh, with our friends over at CX Hairs. So definitely want to check that out. Wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. So remember that and uh, yeah, enjoy your Star Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are back. I have the ultimate question for you, Spencer. You were talking about it a little bit in the pre-lap. Of course, the works Pegasus table that you've got. Mm -hmm. Since we're in this world of virtual cycling, is this like the type of thing I need to build out for my own man cave? Because I'm a little confused on how I'm supposed to actually ride my my bike virtually now because I can no longer go on the road so how important is it when I'm on Zwift to actually like talk to people through the computer keyboards? Is this bike, is this table going to do that? Or do I just need to keep riding? <laughs> this table does not communicate with Zwift, uh, unfortunately. Can it hold my computer? It can mm. absolutely hold your computer yeah. and your water bottle. Okay. So it's a big plus there. It's a, a little more for, uh, you know, holding things up rather than communicating. Okay. Can it hold up a fan? Like I need multiple fans. I'm kind of like starting mm-hmm. to freak out a little bit because here's the here's the honest truth, guys. My my Zwift bike studio mm-hmm. is outside. Yeah. Is yeah. that bad? Like how does that? Uh, that's pro, I think. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Well, you're going to be in trouble shortly uh, there <laughs> in, uh, in Florida as things start to heat up. I mean, the best trick... Um, that I know of recently that I've seen is uh, use pull the old air mattress out of the closet there, Tim. Okay. Uh, blow it up. Get yourself a piece of plywood. Put it on top. <laughs> set up your trainer on that, and you've got yourself. Uh, you've saved yourself twelve hundred dollars. Just <laughs> write yourself a check. <laughs> that's my new because, Sarah's uh, surfboard. <laughs> you have saved yourself some money, and you could go out and buy a minivan. Yeah. Uh, shocking uh, note, guys, is that we did not get contacted about a trial run of this uh, device um, that I really want to try for $1,200 of my stimulus money. But here we are. And of course, it is time to go to the mail bag. We've got a couple of great emails here coming in from friend of the pod, Jason Nix in Pensacola. The first one is, 
Just a very simple link to a triple tandem mountain bike. Gentlemen, will you ride a full suspension triple tandem mountain bike with me? That was a good bike. Good looking bike. Silly, funny build. He's avoiding the question, Tim. Uh, so it's got 26-inch wheels, XDR, yep. disc brakes, full suspension, rear, and front shock. The, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that front shock's easily got 180 mm-hmm. uh, travel. Um, but the rear is definitely, like, tiny. Yeah, so this is the thing guys I was thinking. guys in the back. So you got a full suspension mountain bike, but the middle person, they don't get any of the cush. Is it going to be They're really uncomfortable to be in the middle? Maybe well, uh, maybe a thudbuster seat post for the middle person oh, could good be idea. helpful. Suspension right. stem. Oh, God, I think a. I have seen I have seen a four person ten a four person like bike before, and that just looked miserable. Yeah, I can't imagine taking a three person tandem or a four person tandem off road, let alone a you know two so, of them. Yeah, I, more of a fire roads kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, would you- I'm not uh, super familiar with tandem uh, mechanics, but if the stoker is typically, you know, the one providing the power and the captain is the one sort of steering the ship, what does the person in the middle even do? More power. They should it's be sort blogging. Of a, it's Tim the Toolman Taylor sort of situation. Now, are, was- they the, are they the team photographer? Are they... Uh, mm. you know, are they live blogging this situation? Like what, what are they doing out there? That's a good question. I just, I guess I will say, gentlemen, I am not surprised that this bike is available in Portland, Oregon. Are they? Yeah. Well, that's true. I, the middle person could may maybe piloting the drone that is filming the whole thing for a YouTube series. Uh, that could be, uh, I think plausible, especially in Portland. Yeah. I can see the benefit of the just the tandem mountain bike because currently, um, little Tambunin Tambunin, he wants me to take the the cargo bike off road whenever we get a chance. So like fire roads, we rode a little bit of river bottoms yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, and when it gets any bit twisty, it's not a thing I can really do very well. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, it's, I mean, it's long, it's, it's just weird, but just riding some like dirt fire roads, um, he's a huge kick out of it. He loves it. So I can see how in a couple years I will probably be in the market for a tandem unless he decides is, uh, he just doesn't want to ride with me at all anymore, which is no, a hundred percent possible. Dad, we're supposed to ride bikes, but it keeps breaking down. No, <laughs> zing, 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 zing. <laughs> I, I don't want to take us off the rails here, uh, little guy, but, uh, Little Tambunin Tambunin, I think, was our designated sprinter. And it sounds like maybe he is going to try to angle himself into an alternative calendar here (laughs) of uh, gravel racing. He definitely is. He definitely is. He he requests the gravel and and, and the off-road whenever he can. I mean, just today he went and did some shredding in the woods. So so as the DS, um, you got to rein this in. Uh, you know, I think you gotta, you gotta cultivate it. I mean, they still sprint at the end of gravel races. <laughs> so, uh, okay. <laughs> Jason sent us an e- another email. The guy with the handlebar bag full of granola bars, Jason wants to know from listening to the pod and about how there is a template for the U S nationals kit and how it needs to look. 
and taking creativity away from the designers to make potentially amazing U.S. kits based on some of today's current team kits, such as Alec Howe's U.S. jersey and the EF team kit styling, if for only oh. a special occasions, could be amazing. So Jason's saying is, you know, let's give the the creativity back to the designers. Let's do a little bit less of this standard template. Let's get yeah. back to the days of the glorious Tyler Hamilton National Championship kit with rock racing, is I Oof. think yeah. when I'm picking Jason up. He says, the other day I was strolling through the black vortex of YouTube and re-stumbled upon my all-time favorite behind bars videos from 2012, and it dawned on me, wait a minute, those Rafa kits don't follow the strict rules of the U.S. national kits of today. Why was this allowed at the time? <laughs> I'm honestly not sure where to even look for this information, as I'm sure it is difficult to find USAC's ruling as upgrade points are to figure out. So I decided to ask the experts in the matter. You guys love the pod mm. and hope to ride with all three of you at the 11th annual Doc Hollywood. So gentlemen, mm. do you remember why the USA Cycling decided to come down with, you know, the straight force yeah. that was? Probably I, Tyler Hamilton. I to don't design know. these kits. Well, <laughs> 2012 though, that's like those, the Jeremy Powers national championship kit is pretty awesome looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's, I don't I, know what's objectable about that. It was either um, Tyler Hamilton's atrocity or Ryan Trebon's, uh cyclocross atrocity uh, that really did it. I think. Um, what was Trebon's? It was like it was looked like a picnic uh, uh, blanket tablecloth. Uh, it was bad. It had like the the flannel look. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty bad. Um, about that yeah i want to say this changed not that long ago like 2016 ish 2015 um and if i i could be remembering this all wrong but if i remember right usa cycling said that it was always a rule but that they just sort of never enforced it but now they were going to because people got a little too wild with things um, which is unfortunate because Alex Howe is in a sort of watercolor pastel uh, tie-dyed EF kit would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, those colors should run. <laughs> <laughs> we got another great email. Um, this one comes to us from uh, Charles Bureau. And before I get into the body of his email, I would just like to let you know that there are three pictures attached to it. And the first okay. one says... Tom Danielson is one of the world's top professional road cyclists. He brought home his first major victory at the Dodge <laughs> Tour to Georgia in April 2005. The win was sealed on the Brasstown Bald stage where he left the rest of the peloton gasping and won the stage on the super steep climb to the finish. Yeah. Also, known for his incredible climbing ability and his large lung capacity, Tommy D currently holds holds the record for the fastest ascent of Mount Washington in New Hampshire and the Mount Evans Hill Climb in Colorado. Um, this goes on to talk about Tom Danielson's training book called The Core Advantage. This would not be Tom Danielson's first time at the rodeo in creating books, instructional cycling books. Tom Danielson has been there before. What is the second one that we were heard about last week? So... He continues, Charles continues. He says, 
Gentlemen, you might not be aware of the time Van Danielson has had an earlier cycling instructional book entitled mm-hmm. Core Advantage. <laughs> it featured a forward by Patrick Dempsey. Yes, that Patrick Dempsey. For those of you that don't have a much better half, Patrick Dempsey is McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. My favorite book, my favorite part of the book is Tom took all the photos for the exercises wearing a backwards baseball cap. I assume to hide his bald spot. <laughs> Come on, Tom. Caps, not hats. And he includes a couple of examples of this. It's actually really good. I'm not sure how it ended up on my bookshelf. Sure, Charles. I think uh-huh. I have a knack for buying the wrong cycling books. Back in the 80s when I started writing, everyone had Eddie B's or Greg LeMond's book, and I had Bill Walton, Walton's cycling book. But I also do have skills, drills, and belly aches from Bill from Cyclocross Radio. Comparing the number of pages in Danielson's books to G was a bit odd given one was instructional and the other was autobiographical. Enjoying the show, Charles. Okay, Charles, I can't tell if you're defending Tom Danielson's (laughs) book or not. I do appreciate that you have it. Um, You should get the second one. I've heard great things about it. You guys are going to, Little Guy and Spencer have additions coming to them. Like yeah. probably are, have they arrived yet? No, I have no. not. I have not received no. it yet. All right. Send me text messages as soon as they come, guys. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. But mm-hmm. um, you guys are lucky we're not doing uh, DK this year. Otherwise, I'd finally have some hot tips. Here's my question: Is there really that big of a market for cycling instructional books? Like, haven't they been done? I mean, I guess that the only but one I, I ever people, bought was a Greg LeMond one. I think people like new ones. You got to come up with a new one every couple of years because people think. They see a training book from 10 years ago and they think, there's no way. There's got to be revolutionary ideas in this new book. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Would you follow your Carmichael training plan from 20, 2006? No. No way. <laughs> it wouldn't tell you the right stuff. Well, I would for Dirty Kanza, which gets us to our next email from friend of the pod, super buddy, and our tandem provider, Spencer Michael Brown, hits us up. Ah. Hey guys, just wondering if you're still racing the rescheduled Dirty Kanza in September, or are you scared to ride the tandem? Yes. The bike is still available if you need it. And with all the <laughs> training work. Spencer has been doing, with all the training Spencer has been doing and the mad skills mm-hmm. Tim is exhibiting on Zwift, it would be a shame not to race. Let me know either way, the blind peddler. P.S. Let LBS know that I've been hearing some scuttlebutt about concerning the toe clip gang spinning some sort of scam involving oval train rigs. I heard something about that. Thanks for the tip. That's a, uh, this week on, uh, what was that called? Little guy pedal off dead. Pedal off dead. Yeah. I thank God that that series is over. Seriously. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have something good up your sleeves for the end of this uh, pod? Do we have a new, uh, uh, I mean, we got to keep these going as long as there isn't bike racing. Oh yeah, we we got a new one. We got a new one. Is it, we're we're going we're going somewhere new. We'll see. You know, let's right. just stick around a couple more minutes here. We'll, you'll be you'll be whisked away to Radio Dreamland. <laughs> uh, David Price hits us up. This one is good. Dear Slow Ride Triumphant, great show. Thanks for continuing through the coronavirus chaos. I was computing home from the office when I heard the latest installment of Pedal Off Dead and loved it and laughed. I think. There would be great demand for a slow ride podcast cycling jersey. You could have a basically black jersey with the four colors. So Spencer, as our designer, (laughs) Uh David even says, I would spend 
1200 of my oh no sorry some of the twelve hundred dollars on that <laughs> no 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 hold him to it he said he'd spend all twelve hundred <laughs> do, do we have something coming uh, uh that then. is um i mean if there is some demand that is something we can do but uh cycling jerseys are one of those things you got to pay for up front uh and our, <laughs> our podcast uh we can't go into the red especially at this time uh i am thinking about this though okay is that I think too many clubs nowadays are going for the classic serious look, like right, like a very like classy looking jersey. Mm-hmm. So you want to do something unclassy? Well, I like David's suggestion of the black with just some, you know, the colors, the pink, the green, the yellow, the polka dot. Mm-hmm. I I think we flip the script. I think we go full primal wear. Like I want rib cage <laughs> with the. The heart. <laughs> oh god. Um, maybe some fake tattoos on our shoulders. I mean, what do you guys think in here? I think it should basically be the prism from Dark Side of the Moon, but then <laughs> our logo is coming out the other side. <laughs> so should we do a um a primal wear cycling jersey draft on the best Yes. So, yes. so you think Pink Floyd is <laughs> up there? Uh, for sure. Pink Floyd, uh all right, if Can you're listening do... to the podcast, send in your contributions to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com or tweet us or Instagram us at the slow ride pod. We will do a draft on the best primal wear jerseys. Clearly, yeah. the dark side of the moon may be the first pick. Um, the skeleton so with the heart is a solid one. Um, there are so many more out there. Wow. Yeah, I just went over to the website. Oh, wow. There are a lot. Wow. Got yeah. some digging to do, boys. Do you have any uh, one that comes right to mind, Spencer? A primal wear one. Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan of the uh, the mech frog, like the robot frog. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> they have a lot of frog jerseys. Um, there are a lot of different amazing. versions of the Pink Floyd. Are there? <laughs> oh, oh do... there's a Grateful Dead. I do want that. I was just gonna say, can we do a slow ride Grateful Dead where each bear is one of the uh, four? Oh, a hundred percent. Let's do that. I want it. <laughs> I've got enough. I'll wear it. Long-time listener and friend of the pod, Kevin Dolan, hits us up. This is really an email to the Slow Ride, but have you all seen the video, The High Life? It's the 1985 documentary of Robert Miller when he rode for Peugeot. It covers both the tour and the worlds. It has a lot of no helmets, toe clips, and down tube shifters and steel frames. Kevin, you know the route to our heart. Have you seen this one, little guy? This seems more right up your alley. No, I haven't. I haven't seen that one yet, though. I I do know of its existence. It is up my alley. It is weird that I haven't seen it. I'll admit. I'm gonna check this out. It sounds. I, I'm all about bike riding without helmets. I mean, it sounds way more exciting. <laughs> it is way more exciting. <laughs> I agree. All right. Oh my and God. then our yeah. final email comes into us, and it is from Jesper. Hey guys, interesting name. Okay. Just listened to another great episode. Highlights this week was definitely the twelve hundred dollars spending feature. Even though I didn't quite understand how twelve hundred bucks will get your six hundred messages when one message costs fifty dollars. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay, yeah, it'll work. Math is not my expertise. <laughs> I was also impressed by the system until I recalled that racing was not abandoned after opening weekend because Jasper, Casper, Hugo does fit that algorithm or is that uh, but, system not valid for semi classic classics? I no, So, so I, I, I draw, I call foul. I, it's only for semi classics and Hugo won on the same day as, as 
Jasper won. So that that race, whatever that's called, I forget what it's called. That was on Saturday as well, I think, or maybe it was a week before. I don't know. I'm getting confused. Damn. But the algorithm doesn't make sense. I had this all worked out to rebut. I had all this worked out to rebut his argument, and now I'm getting confused. Anyway, uh, you're wrong. I'm right. Uh, yeah. I guess thanks, little guy, for taking a very hard stamp to our friend Jeff of Stock. <laughs> I just have Sweden. to take so that I'm right. <laughs> I thought I, was he not trying to uh, embrace and extend your theory? Uh, no, but well, but it kind of works. It, yeah, no, it it's true. He, he's yes, yes, and no, yes. I don't know what to do. I, I'm torn. I I don't understand how any of this fits in the world of bike racing, but what I do know is that in a second here, we are going to be heading off to to find out where LBS has been hiding after this disastrous week in the world of cycling. So I think we should get into it. Let's do it. Let's be whisked away. Ugh. What? Where am I? All I remember is busting that pedal head Onza and then nothing. It all, it all goes dark. Man, my my head hurts. What is that? A, a, Italian? French? Where am I? A toe clip approaches LBS. His French accent's so thick he almost sounds Minnesotan. Hello, Mr. LBS. Welcome to our secret hideout located in Harmoldstraat 135 Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, but but that's the old ICS address. I I thought you guys were closed. They are, Mr. LBS, but we, the toe clip buyers, engineers, artists, retirees, and salesmen, or TC Bears, took this place over. We've secretly been gold-plating an army of specialty clo- toe clips, both doubles and singles. What for? Why? Who would want gold-plated toe clips? That's none of your business. You'll find out in due time. But first, we have a little business proposition for you. Any interest in becoming a biopaste dealer? What? No, I, th- I think I'll pass. Well, LBS, you don't really have a choice. Here's your dealer agreement. Five-year deal. You must purchase 1,000 units per quarter. We offer no uh, buybacks or own sold units, and they retail for $50 each. Oh, you're, you're sick. You'll ruin me. I, I'd be lucky to sell one to some quack museum builder or maybe little guy. Well, then maybe you'd like to do us a f- little favor then. What, what's your angle, TC? No angle, LBS. They are mostly roundish. Not the rings, the favor. Oh, yes. We've got a little problem with some Americans selling newer ovalized chain rings. When this is over, I'm going to ride all over town with you scraping on the pavement, toe clip. But I guess I've got no choice. I'll never sell those biopaces. Oh, cool. Great. I mean, of course you will. Here's the info on who you're taking out. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll, uh, read it on the flight, I guess. Uh, where am I headed? I think you'll like this, LBS. We are sending you to Gross Point Crank. That's my hometown. I haven't been there since the 2000 
Cat 3 State Championships. Oh, I know. Have a little fun while you're there. I believe it's your 20-year reunion. Maybe some old friends you want to stop and see. <laughs> uh, why, what do I care about my racing days or old bikes I might have loved? I'm not living in the past like you, Toe Clip. Sure, LBS. Guess we'll see what happens next time on... Rope's Point Crank. Oh, man, I can't wait to see where that show takes us. Spencer, <laughs> how are you feeling about it? I am feeling, you know, remarkably reminiscent of uh, after the first reading of the first arc of Pedal Off Dead. Uh, a little confused. Not not sure where this is going. No, no, no. This is very different. You're, you'll see. The voices are the same. The characters are different. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the voice actors of... Uh, of um, Toe Clips is actually pretty amazing. Um, He's really good. He's outstanding. I'd like to thank all the listeners of the Slow Ride Podcast. Thanks for all the members and supporters of the Wine Angle Podium Network. Head over to wineanglepodium.com to find out more about our family of shows. We'd also like to thank BK1 of Rhymesters Entertainment for the intro and outro music and our good friends at Works for the Hydroshot Power Cleaner. Head over to yourcleanbike.com and use the pro- promo code GEARUP to save 15%. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt on the Primalware website in Minneapolis. And this is LBS in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the roads of Watopia. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.